0: Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden, I'm your host for this podcast. So, we did it. Season finale, we're finally here, I am so excited, thank you guys so much for the love and support that I have gotten through all my episodes, you guys have been great. Um I didn't actually plan for this to be the season finale, I was actually going to do like two more episodes after this, um, but uh, surprise, I'm now actually moving, I didn't think I was going to move because of uh COVID and i didn't think i was going to be able to get myself down to uh, new brunswick where i'm moving for school but my parents figured it out and we're leaving next week so i don't have any time next week to uh write a script and even if i did it probably wouldn't be very good and i don't i don't like to rush my scripts i always try to give my uh best work to you guys (laughs) um I I love you guys so much. It's really great. Thank you so much for listening to me. I didn't think anyone outside my family would want to listen to me, and even then, my family doesn't even (laughs) listen (laughs) to my podcast sometimes, so thank you guys so much. Alright, let's get into the topic at hand. Today, we are discussing Alexandra Fyodorovna. I think that's how you pronounce that. It sounds right. And she was the last... Uh, Zarina of Russia. Now, you probably have heard of her, maybe, but... Uh, You might have also heard of Alexandra's daughter, Anastasia, who is rumored to have survived the Russian Revolution. Now, actually, before I even knew that this was going to be my topic for this week, I actually watched the uh, animated movie Anastasia, um, which I'd never seen before. I'd always, like, heard it was really good, but I finally watched it. I know it's not historically accurate, but it was actually, like, a really good movie. Like, I really, really liked it, and I'm uh, mad that it took me... (laughs) uh this long to watch it and alexandra was actually very fascinating to uh research this week but she was a really difficult uh topic to research and her script ended up being longer than most scripts i write so uh we'll see how long this episode is gonna be it might be a long one Uh, you never know uh let's get into it guys Alright, so Alexandra Fyodorovna was born on June 6, 1872, as I really like saying her long-ass name that she got baptized with. It's really fun. She was born as Princess Alex Victoria Helene Louise Beatrix of Hesse and by the Rhine. I love saying that. And, of course, being born in June 6th makes her a Gemini, which is great, because that's one of the signs I am very compatible with. My best friend is a Gemini, and we just, like, vibe. So I feel like most, uh, Geminis and Libras vibe. So that's great. It makes me like Alexandra, like, right off the bat. Now, let's talk about Alex's parents and the family she was born into, and we're gonna start with her dad. Now, her father was His Royal Highness Louis uh, the fourth Grand Duke of Hessen by the Rhine, when she was born, he wasn't Grand Duke yet, but we'll get there, um, now Hessen by the Rhine was, like, this, like, small, insignificant German duchy in central Germany, I believe it's where, like, Frankfurt is now, uh, now, Lewis had spent most of his life as a military man. He had led armies in the Franco-Prussian War and the Austro-Prussian War. But when he was in his mid-twenties, he was very, very lucky to marry Princess Alice of the United Kingdom. And in terms of royalness, Alice was way more royal than Lewis. Like, way more. Uh, because Alice was a British princess, and she was the daughter of the one, the only, Queen Victoria, and this was like an absolute score for Lewis to like nab one of Queen Victoria's daughters because Queen Victoria was Queen Victoria, and uh, the great news about this marriage is that it was happy, which is very rare for uh, arranged marriages, Lewis and Alice were very compatible, and I'm just glad that their marriage worked out well because, you know, most arranged marriages didn't. But, uh, unfortunately for Alice, Germany wasn't a very, uh, comfy place for her. Uh, she was used to a lot of luxury because, you know, she was the daughter of Queen Victoria. And, uh, Hess and by the Rhine, uh, wasn't nearly as nice as England was. But she did eventually adapt to her role, uh, as soon as her and Louis started having kids. And Alice was, like, a very, like, unconventional mother for the time period. For example, she breastfed her kids. You didn't do that back then. Uh, Queen Victoria, like, really hated that Alice uh, breastfed her kids. And I I believe, I don't know how true this is, but I think I read a letter uh, that Queen Victoria wrote to Alice saying that uh, she was going to name one of the cows in the field after her because (laughs) she thought that Alice breastfeeding her kids was equivalent to being a cow. Queen Victoria didn't really, really like motherhood uh, all that much, um, I can't wait to do a whole series on Queen Victoria, that's gonna be a lot of parts, it's gonna be at least three parts, I'm excited to do Victoria, anyway, now, uh, out, Alex was, uh, the second youngest of her parents' children. She had three older sisters, and two older brothers, and a little sister. And they had, like, a nice little close-knit family. They were all very close. And Alex, oh, I love this nickname. Alex was given the nickname of Sunny because she was considered a very bright and cheerful little girl. It actually kind of reminds, uh, me of my nickname as a kid. Now, I had this, like, really curly, like, ringlet, blonde hair as a kid. And, uh, my mom and my grandma would call me Shirley Temple after the singer from the 1930s. So, I, I just I just think that's cool. And, um, in terms of closeness with her siblings, Alex was closest with her sisters Ella and Marie, but she was definitely closer with Marie since they were way closer in age. And they were almost inseparable most days. Now, I read a few memories that Alex has about her family. Uh, she remembers playing games with her siblings, and She loved the toys that she had and the lovely gifts from her grandmother, Queen Victoria. As she also recalled uh, the time her and her sisters were playing a game and their big burly soldier father joined in on the fun. And I'm just so happy to see such a nice, sweet royal family in this time period. Because this was weird for the time period. You just didn't see families like this happy. Like, normally they were very formal as royal... Uh, children, rural parents, like, this was just, like, weird for this time period, so it's nice that they had that. Now, like I said, this was a terribly, terribly close-knit family, and unfortunately, tragedy struck when Alex was about a year old. Her uh, older brother, Fritz, fell out of the window. Now, if Fritz had been a normal kid, he probably would have been able to recover from the fall, but unfortunately, Alex's big brother had a disease. What's that? called? Well, he had hemophilia. Now, I'm sure you're probably wondering, what the fuck is fe- hemophilia, Aiden? Um, le- let me tell you. So, it's a blood disease that causes your blood not to clot, which means you bleed and bruise more frequently. The slightest cut, a paper cut, or a bruise could kill you. Now, it's a genetic disease, and women are generally carriers, and it develops uh, in men. It doesn't develop in women. It only develops in men. Uh, now, um, Princess Alice's younger brother, Leopold, also had hemophilia. And because all of Queen Victoria's children uh, marrying into these royal families, at least three of Queen Victoria's daughters were carriers of hemophilia. Uh, they passed it on to a lot of princes, and it ended up, uh, it, it ended up being known as the royal disease. And uh, it, you got, like, hemophilia. I'm pretty sure it was, like, this rare genetic disease that Queen Victoria got because of inbreeding. Anyway, um, after Fritz's death, death, I'm sorry, Alec's parents' marriage started to kind of, like, fall apart. Alice, Alice, uh, was a deeply devoted mother, like I said, and Fritz's death, like, destroyed her, like, it tore her apart, but, uh, Lewis, on the other hand, got over his son's death, like, a little faster than she did, and it ended up dividing the couple, so Alice absolutely, like, threw herself into charity work, which she loved to do, she loved to- loved charity, and she was a very, very, um, charitable person. Now, a few years later after this, uh, tragedy unfortunately struck the family and again. In 1878, a horrible case of diphtheria swept through the Hess royal family and infected Alex, her big brother Louis, her father, and three of her sisters but thankfully alex's older sister ella was spared because she was away on holiday i'm not quite sure where she was but she was away uh and uh, Mama Alice was also not infected. Now, I looked up what diphtheria is, and uh, it's gross. It's horrible. It's, like, this respiratory infection that can, like, attack your lungs and, like, make you have organ failure, and there's, like, this, like, gross, like, a buildup of, like, gray stuff in your throat that can make it, like, difficult to eat and breathe, and, uh, oh, I really wish I hadn't googled what diphtheria was. Now, um, When Alex was sick, she was tended to by her mother, like, not by doctors, because Alice was super adamant that she'd take care of her family while they were sick. She didn't want doctors touching them. She tended to Alex and her sisters and brothers, like, day and night. I even read this, uh, thing that Alex, uh, recalled, uh, when she was, uh, sick. Uh, she talked about how she would call to her mother in the middle of the night when she was sick, and her mother would be there no matter what time of day it was. Which is really sweet. But despite uh, Alice's really hard work taking care of her children and her husband, Alex's younger sister, Marie, unfortunately passed away from diphtheria on November 16th, and she wouldn't have been very old. She would have been about maybe like five maybe she wasn't very old and then a few weeks later unfortunately alice got infected because apparently uh alice kissed her children on the head a lot while they were sick and that's how she ended up catching it and oh my god (laughs) alice died (laughs) and alex was only 6 when her the mo- when her mother died and absolutely broke her heart she loved her mother so much i found this one co- quote that alex uh, talked about uh, later in life uh, when she was describing her childhood before and after her mother Now, she says that she had an unclouded, happy babyhood of perpetual sunshine, and then a great cloud. Oh my god, this must have killed her. I feel so terrible for her. Can you imagine losing your mother at six years old? Oh, poor thing. Now, after her mother and sister's death, Alex became like a much more serious child. She almost never smiled, and she was really, really deeply depressed. And I can't imagine how she must have felt losing... The two people she loved the most in the world. Now, after the rest of her family recovered, her father really did try his best to be Grand Duke and raise his children at the same time, but it was really hard on him. He couldn't really do much to make up for his children's mother being gone, and it was really hard for him to pay attention to all of them. Even though he loved them, he did love them very much. He was a very uh, sincere and kind man, but he... It, it was hard to cut it he spoiled them as much as he could but that didn't always make up for their mother being dead but Queen Victoria who was also very affected by her daughter's death uh, she decided to give special attention to her poor orphan grandchildren and Alex suddenly became her grandmother's absolute favorite now uh, very soon after Alice died Queen Victoria invited her son-in-law and grandchildren to the family vacation house of Osborne for an extended stay where they got to know their British cousin and after that nearly every summer and autumn they would go to Britain for vacation. Now their favorite vacation spots were Windsor Castle and Balmoral in Scotland uh, where they would go hunting in the fall and apparently Lewis was actually like a really good shot like he really liked sports and he he loved going to Balmoral for hunting. Now these visits really affected Alex in a A positive way, she became increasingly interested in politics in England, which ended up maturing her, and a few people that met her actually commented on what a well-spoken and intelligent young lady she was. Not to mention, Alex was a very talented pianist, like she was really good at piano, and Queen Victoria, in an effort to show this off, would often ask Alex to play for guests when she came for vacation. But she hated that, oh my god, she hated playing in front of people so much, but when Grandma F- Vicky says to do something, you fucking do it, because she was very scary short lady, you just did not mess with that, now, in 1884, Alex actually got to accompany her whole family to Russia for her big sister Ella's wedding to the Grand Duke Sergei of Russia, who was the brother of the current uh, Tsar of Russia, Alexander III at the time. Now, Alex was super duper excited to go on this trip, and it was at this wedding where she would eventually meet her future husband, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. Now, at this time, uh, Nicholas was just a Tsarovich Nicholas. He wasn't Tsar yet, but he will be. Now, Alex was about 12, and Nicky he was about 16 at the time uh which is gross but don't worry they weren't in love yet uh they got on along incredibly well and I promise we'll talk about Nikki in a second but he's like not so important right now now they wouldn't meet again for a few years after this but they did become pen pals like they wrote letters to each other for years Now, uh, during this time before she would see, uh, Nicholas again, uh, Alex started to become a grown-up lady. She started taking up her mother's charities and attending balls with her sisters, and when she was 16, she came out. And by came out, I don't mean, surprise, she's a lesbian. I mean she came out into society, and when you did that in this time period, it would be when you could start attending balls on your own, and you'd get marriage proposals and stuff like that. Uh... Now, her and her father ended up becoming significantly closer as uh, all her siblings started to grow up and uh, move away and get married and stuff like that. Now, speaking of marriage, by 1890, Alex was 18, and a lot of people were expecting that she would get married soon, as it was just her and her big brother who were unmarried. And Alex was like, she was like pretty hot. She she was a damn looker, which in this time period could make up for lack of political importance. Uh, She had nice dirty blonde hair and blue eyes, and I think Grandma Queen Victoria also realized what a hit, Alex would be on the marriage market. So she wanted to control Alex's choice, and her first choice to be Alex's husband was her other grandson, uh, Prince Albert Victor, who was the heir to the British throne... Oh, God, that's so gross. Yep, Grandma... Grandmama Queen Victoria wanted her two grandbabies to get married, which is... But uh, Victoria really, really loved Alex a lot, and she wanted Alex to stay and be Queen of England, so she had Albert Victor propose to Alex, and Alex was like, mm, no. But not because of them being super related, because that just, like, wasn't a factor in most cases. She just really wasn't that in love with Albert Victor. Like, she liked him. Like, she was... That was her cousin. She liked him well enough. But, uh, they wouldn't have been compatible. Like, Albert Victor was, like, a playboy. He was, like, really handsome and stuff like that. And I think it would have been a mistake if they had gotten married. Um, also, side note about Albert Victor. Uh, two years after this, he would unfortunately die. Uh, he would die. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, I'm not quite sure what he died of. There were, like, multiple, like, things, like, listed, uh... I think it was tuberculosis. I don't know. He died. Uh, Speaking of people dying, in 1892, the same year that Albert Victor died, uh, something horrible happened. Alex's dad died. Now, in the beginning of the year, Lewis had had some heart trouble, but the doctor said it was like nothing to worry about. But boy, oh boy, were they wrong. A few months later, he ended up having a seizure while him and his children were having lunch. And Alex, she watched her dad day and night, hoping that he would wake up from his coma. But he never did. He died in like I think it was March of 1892 and after that Alex would not talk about her dad for years and it was probably the worst thing that happened to her well at that point anyway We'll get into the worst stuff later. Now, in the next uh, two years, Alex began to take over some ceremonial duties in her home that would usually be performed by the Grand Duchess of Hesse. But since her brother was not married at the time, Alex got to perform these duties. And she was very, very close with her brother. She wanted to help him. Uh, And while she was doing this, Nikki came back into her life. Now, they had been writing letters to each other for years and exchanging gifts, and there were some serious flirtations going on. Now, we got to talk about Nikki for a second and see what Alex is really eyeing up for marriage. So, Nikki was, like, cute. Like, he was, like, wow. Like, most historical figures, like, aren't my cup of tea in terms of look, but Nikki was, like, damn. <laughs> he was a really sweet guy. I mean, this man wrote in his diary about how much he loved his mother. Like, he was, like, he was a mama's boy. He was really sweet. And he was really the perfect match for Alex. Now, the only problem between them was religion. Now, you see in Russia, they practice orthodoxy, which is like, it's like right next door to Catholicism in a lot of ways. And in Germany, they were generally Lutheran. And if Alex wanted to marry the heir to the Russian throne, which Nikki was, she would almost definitely have to convert. And Alex didn't want to do that. She was very devout uh, Lutheran, she didn't want to give it up. Now, conversion wasn't always the case in Russia, Russia, sorry. For example, Alex's sister, who married Nikki's uncle, didn't have to convert when she went to Russia because, uh, Sergei was so far removed from the, uh, succession but she did anyway because she was very much intrigued by orthodoxy and she was praised for it people the russian people loved ella because she uh converted but alex was not as interested and she started thinking that maybe this marriage wasn't a good idea even though she loved nikki she really did um not to mention uh, nikki's parents were very very anti-german and they didn't think she would be a good match uh for their son but um Nikki's father's health was, like, failing uh, at the time, and he would eventually agree to it because he wanted to make sure his son had a wife lined up just in case he died suddenly. Now, they hadn't seen each other in years, so they're, they were thinking, you know, where could we possibly meet up? Uh, because Nikki really wanted to propose, and as fate would have it, something would push them together. And, surprise, it was another wedding. Now, Alex's brother was finally getting married, and, ha- and he happened to be getting married to a cousin of Nikki's. And I believe she was also actually a cousin of Alex's as well. I believe they were, they were all cousins. Ugh. Um, so guess who showed up to the wedding? That's right, Nikki did. And he proposed to her, and she actually said no at first. Like, his first proposal, she said no. Because she was still very, very concerned about their different religions. But her sister Ella was able to convince her that Lutheran, Lutheranism and Orthodoxy were not that different. And her and Nikki had a nice long talk, and eventually she accepted, and they got engaged! Yay! Yay! Now, right after their uh congratulations on their engagement, Nikki had to actually go back to Russia and Alex went to England to her grandmother uh so that she could start studying to be the future Tsarina. Now she had to learn Russian, of course, and she also learned all about the Orthodox Church since she was converting. Uh Vicky wanted to make sure that her granddaughter had the best tutors for this. Now, a little while after Nikki actually got to come back to England so he could meet Alex's English family. Now Nikki was actually related to a lot of them already but in this time period uh you weren't always going to meet all your cousins so they were basically strangers now while he was visiting england alex and nikki's mutual cousin the duke of york was getting married to princess mary of tech and nikki and the duke of york like looked very similar like they were basically twins but to be fair they were Uh, first cousins on their mother's side, like, both of their mothers were Danish princesses, so they look, they both look like their mothers, therefore they both look like each other, like, google a picture of them, it's crazy how similar they, similar they looked, in fact, several times at this same wedding, they got mistaken for one one another, which is hilarious, can you imagine, like, walking up to the Tsarovich and being like, sir, you're gonna miss your wedding, and the Tsarovich is like, I'm not the Duke of York, and then the guy would be like, oh my god, you're the Tsarovich, oops! Um, Now, the good news about this visit is that he made a very good impression on Alex's family, which was, of course, the point of him coming to England. Now, I also read that Queen Victoria was very, very strict about chaperoning with these two, and wouldn't let them be alone together, even though they, you know, they were both adults and stuff. Now, in 1894, uh, Nikki's father's health was seriously declining, so Alex, uh, uh, was summoned to Russia, uh, and when Alex showed up, even though the Tsar was very, very sick, he insisted that he be ready to meet his future daughter-in-law. So he got out of bed and, like, dressed up in, like, all his, like, fine clothes and greeted her himself, But unfortunately, the pleasantries didn't last very long because Nikki's dad died like 10 days after Alex got there. Now, Nikki was very, very shaken. He loved his father a lot. But the question of when Nikki and Alex's marriage was going to take place was still in the air. Now, they were in mourning and it would have been very inappropriate to have a very happy wedding uh, during this time. But as luck would have it, Nikki's mom's birthday took place a week after the Tsar's funeral and because of this morning could be relaxed because it was basically a holiday so they decided now this would be a good day to have the wedding uh, as it would be more appropriate now i read this nice description of the wedding that i want to like share with you guys because i think it really like paints a nice picture like better than i could describe it so here it is on the wedding morning the dowager empress a pathetic figure dressed like The bride, in white, took her future daughter-in-law from the Serg Palace to the Winter Palace, in the great chapel of which the ceremony was to take place. Princess Alex was dressed for her wedding day in the... malachite oh i think malachite drawing room of the winter palace her hair was done in the traditional long side curls in front of the famous gold mirror of empress anna ianova before which whichever grand duchess dresses on her wedding day the chief dressers of the ladies of the imperial family assisted and handed the crown jewels which lay on red velvet cushions. The dowager empress herself placed the diamond nuptial crown on the bride's head. She wore numerous splendid diamond ornaments, and her dress was a heavy Russian court dress of real silver tissue, which... With an immensely long train, edged with ermine, which is, like, you know that, like, um, fur on, like, capes that is, like, white and spotted? That's what ermine is, I believe. Um, from her shoulders flowed the imperial mantle of cloth of gold lined with the same royal fur. Uh, These robes were carried by Chamberlains, and apparently they were so heavy that when the marriage ceremony was over and the Imperial family with their guests had retired to the Malachite room, the Grand Duke of Hesse saw his sister standing motionless and lone- alone in the middle of the room uh, because she was unable to move because the train was so heavy that when it was not carried by chamberlain she was almost pinned to the ground by its weight now i also have to mention that uh alex had this um she had really jacked up legs because when she was a little kid uh, sh- there had been an accident where she like ran into a glass plate and it like jacked up her legs so like her standing for a long time this would have really really sucked Like, it would have been terrible for her, because she was wearing all this heavy jewelry, and that cape is really heavy. Now, this wedding sounds like a really fancy party, but it was still kind of bogged down by the death of the Tsar, and Alex was uh, quoted, I I can't remember where I got this, I'm pretty sure I read it, Uh, that she was trading in her black dress for a white one. And uh, no parties happened after the wedding, they didn't even get a honeymoon, uh, but they were cheered on by a lot of adoring subjects, as they took a carriage ride around. Now, their married life was, like, pretty blissful. Like, Alex was the perfect partner for Nikki. And I wouldn't exactly describe Nikki as, um, shy by any means. But Alex was definitely the dominant personality in the relationship. And in public, she was very shy to the point where people often thought that Alex was kind of stuck up and snobby. But that just really wasn't the case. She was just shy. And she was also a homemaker, which is exactly what Nikki needed since, you know, he was so busy being czar and all that. Now, it's time for babies, because on November 15th, 1895, basically almost a year after the wedding, Alex gave birth and it was a girl. Now, Alex wanted to name her Victoria after her grandmother, but Nicholas and her eventually decided on the name Olga, Olga, which is an ancient Russian name after Nikki's younger sister, Olga. Uh... Now, Ogle was a bit of a disappointment because women couldn't inherit the Russian throne anymore thanks to the douche-nozzle Paul I. Can't wait to talk about him in the Catherine the Great episode. Uh, he he ins. He instated laws that women couldn't inherit because he really didn't like his mom, Uh, but it was only their first baby, and Nikki and Alex were just kind of happy that the baby was healthy. I read this uh, quote from Alex that talked about she was very happy that she had a girl first because if they had had a boy, they would have had to share him with Russia, and they didn't want to share their first baby with Russia Now, I saw this, like, cute photo, like, I was Googling Olga, and I saw this cute little baby photo of Olga with Queen Victoria, and Olga was the chubbiest baby I have ever seen. Oh, my God, Olga was so cute as a baby. I just want to pinch her cheeks. She was so cute. Now, uh, after Olga, uh, it took a whole year and a half for sorry, Nikki and Alex actually, like, get crowned as Tsar and Tsarina, uh, but the day finally came in 1896, and it was, like, a really grand affair, and probably one of the times that, uh, Russia, like, really got to party, but it didn't go very well, and the incident in relation to their crowning is thought of by some to have been a sign that their reign was doomed from the start. And it was called the, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. That is Russian. I'm going to go with Kodinka tragedy. I'm not sure if that is how you pronounce that word, but we're going with it. Now what happened there was supposed to be, there was supposed to be a giant party a few days after the crowning to celebrate in this field. And everyone was supposed to get gifts to celebrate like it was a huge party. They were supposed to get a roll of bread, a sausage, pretzels, gingerbread, and a nice commemorative teacup. And when everyone showed up, on the day that it was supposed to happen, there were over 500,000 people there. And they had been lining up since, like, 6 o'clock in the morning to, like, get all their stuff and get all their food and, like, have a fun party for their Czar Arena. Czarina. Uh, but in the crowd, suddenly rumors started to spread that they're like, weren't enough sauce. Sorry, sausages and pretzels to go around. And that the commemorative cups had a solid gold coin in them, which wasn't true, by the way. And it ended up causing a lot of fighting and unrest, and the police tried to maintain order, but there weren't a lot of police. Like, there were, like, a thousand police, maybe, against 500,000 people. And a whole bunch of people started to panic and fight and push, and there was a stampede, and 1,300 people were trampled to death. And it was so... It was terrible, and the thing was, um, Nicholas and Alex were, like, weren't told, like, right away, and even when they were told, it was made out to be, like, not that big of a deal, and they even ended up attending, like, a ball at the French embassy, which they didn't want to go to because they thought it was inappropriate after what happened, but they were made to go anyway because they didn't want to snub the French embassy, and they ended up not, uh, I'm sorry, addressing the incident to, like, the next day, and many people were, like, super duper offended about, like, the tone deaf response from the royal family, but, uh, and they even gave, uh, Nikki the horrible nickname, Nicholas the Bloody, which would ended up sticking for the rest of his life, and I understand how they could be upset at Nicholas, but I definitely don't think it was Nikki or Alex's fault. It, it really wasn't anyone's fault. I, I just feel so awful that they got blamed for this, and, They did actually go and visit uh, victims in the hospital the next day, and they even gave, like, $1,000 to people who uh, lost, well, $1,000, it would actually be 1,000 rubles, wouldn't it be? Yeah, Uh, to families who lost people in the tragedy. I really think they were trying, but, like, it, it just didn't end up going very well for them. Now, I want to talk about how Alex was perceived by the Russian people because it wasn't a particularly good image that she had. Now, unlike her mother-in-law, who was incredibly popular, Alex was less so because, you know, Alex was German. And around this time, even before the First World War, people generally didn't like Germans very much. And the Russian people also didn't like Alex's, like, absolute, like, distaste for Russian culture. And they also knew that she wasn't really true to the Orthodoxy faith. And not to mention... Her mother-in-law also didn't like her very much, so she was kind of perpetuating Alex's negative stereotypes. Now, unlike um, sorry, unlike Alex, the Dowager Empress had had like 17 years to uh, learn about Russia before she became Tsarina, while Alex, on the other hand, had barely a month to learn the customs and the language. But Alex... Th- Russian culture just wasn't really Alex's thing also Alex was terribly shy unlike her mother-in-law and uh, worst of all for Alex was the fact that she hadn't given Nikki a son yet. Now after the birth of Olga, Alex gave birth to her daughter Tatiana in 1897 and then she had her daughter Maria in 1899 and finally Anastasia in 1901. That's four girls in six years which would have been good for any couple but and Alex and Nikki, like they really loved their daughters they loved them so much and they spoke the crap out of them, and they were such a cute family. I actually believe I read that they were one of the most photographed rural families of the time, period, because you can like find endless family photos of them, like on walks and uh, just like doing things in general. They really like photography, which I think is cute, but despite the adorableness, the Russian people were very frustrated with the fact that Alex had not produced a son yet, and it was dragging her public image, image in the eyes of the Russian people. And like, The Russian people just couldn't believe that this German princess had killed their czar, seduced their new czar, and also had a distaste for their culture, and worst of all, couldn't even give them an heir. But, to be honest, this was the least of this family's worries at this point. Now, I don't want to talk about this for too long, but the Russo-Japanese War is... It's, it's, like, not entirely relevant to Alex, but it's, like, still important. But I think it's kind of, like, good setup for the First World War. Now, Russia was a major superpower, and they were one of the largest countries by land in the world. And the Japanese wanted control of this area called Manchuria, and so did Russia. So, Nikki thought he had it in the bag. I mean, he was the ruler of a gigantic empire that stretched from the Baltic Sea all the way to the Pacific. And Japan was, like, this tiny little fucking island. But... Boy, oh boy, was Nikki wrong because Japan fucking whooped Russia's ass in this war. And it was super-duper humiliating, and it left Russia super-duper broke. But in good news, in 1904, at, like, the height of the Russo-Japanese War, Alex gave birth, and it was a boy! And I imagine his, like, legal name was, like, Alexander but everyone called the kid Alexi. Now he was healthy and everyone was happy and it was all great until it wasn't because a few weeks later uh Al- Sorry, Alex started to notice something about Alexi. Now, his bumps didn't heal, and he would often bleed from his belly button. And they took Alexi to the doctor, and the doctors diagnosed the baby with hemophilia. The same thing that had killed Alex's brother so many years ago, and also uh, Alex's uncle had also dead from hemophilia. And because he was the sole heir to the crown, they made sure absolutely no one knew about it, because they they knew for a fact that Alex would get dragged and get blamed for giving Alexi hemophilia. She didn't even know she was a carrier. Um, no one knew. Beside the family and doctors. And Alex became obsessively devoted to her son. Like she she loved him so much. And she didn't want what happened to her brother. Or her uncle to happen to her son. And. Uh, Alex decided to go like. Balls to the walls religious. Because she was very concerned for her son. And she eventually started turning to holy men. To help her. And. One of those holy men was this guy named Rasputin. Maybe you've heard of him. Now, he was a priest, and I'm using priest with quotations. He wasn't actually affiliated with the Orthodoxy Church. And he was also a mystic. And he is the scariest looking guy I've ever fucking seen. Like, Google a picture of him. He will haunt your nightmares. Like, no cap. And he ended up at Nikki's court. And he told Nikki that, like, hey, I can help and when Alexi got hurt or injured the doctors tried their best to like help him but like they just didn't know enough about hemophilia to help Alexei and they didn't know what to do but when Rasputin would go to Alexi, uh, he would say some prayers around Alexei and like tell the doctors to like stop don't touch him or anything and Alexi would he would just get better And no one knew how he was doing it. And from that point on, Alex began to rely on Rasputin for advice and cures for her son. And she relied on Rasputin for everything. And the Russian people were absolutely appalled. And there were awful rumors that Alex and Rasputin were sleeping together, which I don't think was true. But she really did trust him. And I really do think that Rasputin was also taking advantage of that trust because he had, like ridiculous access to the royal family unlike most common peasant people. Alright, now before we get into World War One, I just want to talk about a little thing called Bloody Sunday. Now I think this I believe this is where the true unrest and resentment from the royal family actually started and is uh like the Russo-Japanese war is also one of many factors that led to the Russian Revolution later. Now there was a group of peaceful religious protesters that marched on the Winter Palace. Uh, they, were, they had all been working at factories, and they wanted to make demands for better working conditions for themselves. Now, these people were singing songs. They didn't want to hurt anyone. They just wanted to talk to their czar. And, uh... They even weren't, they weren't even mad at the czar. Like, they came there to talk to him. Like, they were mad at his ministers because they thought that the ministers weren't telling Nikki how bad things were and that it was their fault. And... When the guards saw the large crowd, they perceived them as a threat and they ended up firing on the crowd and 200 people were murdered in this massacre. Now, after this, the common people began to have less and less sympathies for the royals and they were like, we don't have a czar anymore, he clearly doesn't care about us. And it was pretty much a really, really dark omen for what was to come in the next few years. Now, let's talk about World War I. War! War good god y'all. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> now in nineteen fourteen, World War One broke out and Russia was pitted against the German Empire, and this really, really upset Alex because she didn't want to get into a fight with her homeland. Not to mention the Russian people were spreading rumors that she was a German spy since her brother and her first cousin Wilhelm, who by the way, Alex didn't even like him very much, was on the other side of the war, and she didn't want Nikki to go to war, but he did. But some positive things they did try to do during the war was, uh, the older girls, Tatiana and Olga, became Red Cross nurses, and they tried their best to help the soldiers, and there's tons of great photographs of the girls visiting hospitals, like, they look like regular people, like, it's kind of weird. Um, they- they wanted to go visit their soldiers because they felt bad for them. And also, a uh, side note when Nikki uh, left in kind of a dumb move, he decided to leave Alex as regent. Now, I love Alex, and I think she's very smart, but she was not in a position to be ruling a country as. Big and complex, it Russia. And the government, also known as the Duma, were also not happy because Alex, like, she didn't listen to them because she believed in this thing called the divine right of kings, which is absolute monarchy. And the Duma represented the people. And the Duma weren't allowed to do anything they wanted to do, and Rasputin was also using uh, Alex's new position to his advantage, and many people noticed that he was using her to serve himself. And this would eventually lead to his horrible fucking death now his death is like a fucking wild roller coaster uh i'm really excited to talk about it now these this grand duke guy named uh dimitri who was actually nikki's first cousin and uh, prince felix Let's just call him Prince Felix, because I can't pronounce that last name, who was uh, married to Nikki's niece, decided they needed to save Alex from Rasputin and the whole royal family. So they invited Rasputin over for cakes at Prince Felix's palace. But the cake and the wine had cyanide in it to try and kill Rasputin. Now Rasputin drank and he ate the cakes, but... Nothing happened. Uh, Like, he definitely got drunk, but he wasn't dying or anything. Like, there was cyanide in this shit, and he didn't go down. So they decided, alright, let's fucking shoot him. So they shot him a few times, but that didn't work either. It did weaken him, but it didn't kill him. So (laughs) they tied him up in a... in a blanket and threw him in the river and when he was found dead the next day there was water in his lungs so his official cause of death is in fact drowning. Now we don't know how true this account of his actual death was because uh Prince Felix guy actually wrote this, but a lot of people think that he was just trying to make it like super dramatic and make it look make him look like he was a hero. Uh, But I like this version better, so that's what I'm going to tell you, because it wouldn't be any fun if he had just eaten the cakes and fucking died. (laughs) Him uh, surviving cyanide uh, gunshots and then drowning is a lot more interesting. Let's be real. Now, World War One at this point had been going on for three long-ass, terrible years, and Rush- the Russian people were fucking sick of it. There were food shortages, poverty, and famine, and not to mention, Russia wasn't even doing like a fucking good job in the battles. Like, they were getting fucking creamed by Germany, so morale was down too, and Nikki taking personal control of the army ended up being a huge disaster. I think in his mind he thought, oh, if I take control of the army personally, people will understand that I care about them. But that didn't work. And workers, in factories started striking. But Alex and her family, like, they weren't really that nervous about the strikes. They thought, oh, the strikes will pass as all the strikes do. The people will be fine. This, this is going to be fine. But she was very, very wrong at reading the room. Now, the Russian people were angry, and all this hate was directed at the royal family, and uh, in 1916, I believe, like, late 1916, uh, Russia ended up having to drop out of the First World War, and they were the first major power to have to drop out. And there was so much looting in Russia and anger, it must have been so fucking scary. And soon after Rasputin was killed, the Duma which is the government, if you forgot, uh, came to Nicky asking him to abdicate. And if you don't know what abdicate means, it means, like, stepping down from the throne, if you didn't know that. And in March of 1917, Nicky ended up abdicating the throne on behalf of himself and his son Alexei, which means Alexei could never be czar. Now, after this, the family was immediately put under house arrest, but it was, like, nice house arrest. Like, they were still in their palace, and the soldiers were, like, nice and cold to them. Now, uh, they wanted to send them somewhere else because, like, they didn't want them on their hands or anything, like the family. So, at first, they wrote to the King of England at the time, who was that Duke of York guy who looked a lot like Nicky, asking him if England would take Alex and the children and they would keep Nicky. And George V said no because he knew there would probably be some serious backlash. Now, George V, he also came from a German family, which is the Saxe, Coburg, and Goethe family, uh, but at, during World War One, he decided to change the royal family's name to Windsor and drop all his German titles so that he'd have no affiliation in Germany, and if he had taken Alex and the kids, not only would he be associating himself with an absolute monarchy like Russia, he'd also be associating himself with his German titles because Alex was German, and people didn't like the fact that she was German and I understand why he did it but it also makes me so angry that he rejected this proposal because that was his family Alex was his first cousin and stuff and he left them absolutely hanging but he probably didn't think what was going to happen was going to happen to them and if he knew he probably would have worked a lot harder to try and take Alex and the kids but he didn't so after they asked England they tried France but France said no And then, after that, they wanted to try and see if Germany might take them to see if, uh, uh, Alex's brother Louis might take them, but they were still- the war was still going on, there was too much bad blood there, so they didn't even, like, bother to try. So, instead, they decided to send them to fucking Siberia, uh, which ended up angering another, uh, group of people. Uh, now, so, during this revolution, there were the Reds, which were the Bolsheviks, and the Whites- I forget their group name, but let's just call them the Whites- and the Reds were like, let's send, the, send them away. And the Whites were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't imprison them. And uh, when they got to Siberia, they were not treated nicely, like by any means. The soldiers that uh, guarded them were really mean to them and also confiscated any, everything they had. Now, uh, they actually had nicknames for Alex and uh, Nikki uh, while they were in Siberia. And these are really awful nicknames. Uh, Nicholas was called Nicholas the Blood Drinker. <laughs> and they called Alex that German bitch, which is horrible. Now, interesting side note: uh, after they got stuff, their stuff confiscated. Um, Nikki told his daughters to sew all the jewels that they had into their corset just in case they needed money if they were to escape. uh, This is going to be a very bad thing that comes back on them soon. Now, they didn't know this at the time, but the Whites were trying to get to them, like they were marching towards where they were to free them, and the Reds were definitely doing their best playing keep away to try and keep the royal family away from the Whites. So in 1918, um, the Reds decided to move um, the family again, to this place called Ekaterinasburg, and this is the very last place they would be moved. Now, their execution makes me so fucking sad every time I read it, and I remember when we were told about their execution in school, it just makes my heart break, like, it's awful, now, it was a nice, normal day for them on July 16th. They took their daily walk and played their games, and they had a whole bunch of, uh, as much fun as they could under house arrest, you know, and they ended up going to bed. And in the middle of the night, they were woken up by the guards, and the Nikki was like, oh my god, what's going on? And they told them that the whites were moving in and that they needed proof that they were all still alive, so they were going to go take a family portrait. So they ended up gathering in this room in the basement to sit for a portrait, and the leader of the guards ends up coming in and says to them, your relations have tried to save you and failed, now we must shoot you. And Nikki barely had any time to say the word, what, before he was shot in the head as was Alex, who unfortunately immediately died, and Alexi was also killed very fast. But the four girls, Olga, Tatiana, Maria, and Anastasia, were not so lucky. Remember those jeweled corsets that they were wearing? Now, when the girls were shot, they didn't die immediately because of the jewels. They basically made themselves bulletproof vests by accident. And they had to stab the poor girls with bayonets until they were dead. These kids were teenagers. I think Olga was, at the most, 21. And um, Anastasia was 13. They murdered these little fucking girls who had never done anything to deserve this in their whole life. And they were just... Oh, my God. It hurts me so much that they did this. These were children. I understand maybe killing Nikki because it was his fault... A lot of this stuff was his fault. I mean, he he was a good guy. He just wasn't fit to rule Russia the way he should have. And I just, oh my God, it hurts me so much that they did this. All right. Now, on that depressing note, let's get into Legacy for alex now in 1981 alex and nikki were made saints in the orthodox church as were their uh, daughters i'm not sure if alexi was also made a saint as well um and in the 90s the family's remains were actually found uh, just outside of catcher at katrinasburg in a forest uh because the reds had disposed of them i oh god i read this horrible account from one of the soldiers who disposed of them i don't want to talk about it but it's like really depressing and like gory and gross. Um, But when they found the remains, it also ended up proving the theory that Anastasia had not survived when they ended up finding her remains as well. Now, Alex definitely gets a bad rap in history, and I don't think she deserves it. She couldn't control most of these bad things that were going to happen to her. And I wish her end hadn't been so horrible. I wish she had, like, gotten to die in her old age, like, surrounded by her family or something like that, and that she had gotten to have grandchildren and great-grandchildren... Oh, it's awful. Thank you guys so much for joining me for the season finale. I am so sorry. It was super depressing. I love you guys. See you after my break. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if there's a certain thing that you want to hear, just like hit me up on uh, Twitter at Rain 2 uh, The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2, just so you know that. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.